0: Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. You're about to go on a journey of empathy, understanding, and transformation. Get ready to dive into the heart of humanity's most pressing questions with me, Rebecca Hemmings, the CEO of Strawberry Words Training Consultancy, and guests. It's time to turn up the volume on kindness and to amplify the voices of minorities that often go unheard. This podcast asks questions like, how can we create workplaces where ethnic minorities thrive without the chains of career stagnation? What if universities were safe havens for all, free from the storm of microaggressions? And how can we bridge the gaps between cultures that have been divided by the walls of bias and ignorance? This is not just a podcast. This is a revolution of empathy. Welcome to Compassionate Cultures, the podcast. Get ready to explore, learn and change the world one compassionate conversation at a time. Okay, um, so so I once decided that I was no longer going to talk about race um, with professionals anymore because it scared me. terrified me. And that's what this episode is about, right? Um, Because I need people to understand how frightening and how vulnerable it can make you as an ethnic minority person to discuss race with people, or racism, with people who don't quite understand, don't understand that um, racism can be very traumatic Um, And you're in a very, very vulnerable position trying to get people just to see the world from your point of view, right? So let's start from the beginning. Um, So at Strawberry Words, we've always spoken about culture and identity. So when we first started, we first started out as a company known as Harvey Arts, right? And we specialised in um, delivering theatre workshops in schools. And so initially the workshops... Um, they were about exploring identity, but they weren't just about cultural identity, it was about all forms of identity. Um, But quickly, as teachers saw us as primarily black people, um, we frequently got asked to deliver workshops around black history around exploring different cultures and where people are from and and cultural awareness and all that sort of stuff so we did and we did it really really well i'm talking like the early 2000s here and um we did it really well and you know it was a time where a lot of children were coming from overseas so a lot of children were coming from afghanistan from poland and various other eastern european countries the caribbean and various parts of africa and and sometimes there was conflict. Sometimes, um, so for instance, um, in one school, I remember there being conflict between the British-born born Muslims and the uh, Somali-born Muslims. And so it was our job to use creativity to explore uh, who they are, where they come from, get them to find the similarities, and get them talking, get them to see, get them to find some common ground. Um, and we did that with all sorts of groups and we help people to understand why perhaps um, children from a particular country might um, react in a certain way. You know, for instance, you know, Polish children tend to be quite demure and quiet. Not always, but, you know, again, um, for a large majority, whereas um, children from Jamaica, for instance, uh, or parts of um, uh, South Asia can be quite... Expressive physically, and you know, in terms of their volume and so on. And it's not a threat; it's just they're very passionate, and that can be misinterpreted as threat. All that sort of stuff. So we we teach them all that, and then that grew into uh, cultural awareness training for teachers because we're doing a great job with the children. But then we were leaving the school. Um, with the children kind of knowing like kind of getting along with each other in their classes, but without having left the teachers a way of carrying on that work of building on that work, so at the time as we were working with the council, um, the education department and they suggested um, running cultural awareness training sessions so that the teachers then can um, also adopt those um, those techniques and so we did and so that's that's when we started delivering um cultural awareness training for teachers initially and then it you know grew into doing that for various professionals and that's you we know today we're doing the anti-racism training for a lot of different professionals um and so again you know my naivety i didn't we didn't really talk about race and and i Because I knew that race, I did know on the surface that um, talking about race was a hot topic. And so we don't really want to talk about skin colour. But because we were talking about culture, inevitably we're talking about racism. We're talking about discrimination. We're talking about groups of people being treated differently based on their culture. That's the word we would use. They were treated differently based on their culture. And so... Because it was on that level and because my background was in theatre, I was able to to keep it at a level that was quite comfortable for people for the most part, right? So, you know, in in another episode, I'll talk about using um, how to use creativity to explore culture and identity. And so in that episode, you'll hear about um, the types of exercises we would do. Um, But there were the kind of exercises that you know as i said people felt like okay i can explore my identity i can explore other people's identities and their cultures but i can still feel safe i don't feel at risk i you know there's no um feeling no need to feel defensive because it it wasn't on that sort of level right it was at a safe level where again we could identify that as a jamaican um you know someone with a jamaican background which is me right um when i went to university i found it strange for instance that there was um, the pop culture, because I didn't understand it, like, why would you just go to a place and just drink and talk, how boring, why are we not dancing and singing and having food, like I just didn't get it, right, so it's all that kind of thing, or, you know, when my friends, my English friend would Wash, not wash her chicken before putting it in the oven. I was horrified because we've been taught you always wash your chicken. Okay, I later learned that you know you can put spread salmonella all over the place if you wash your chicken. You know, in in, in not a well if you wash it. Um, you know that kind of thing. That those are the kinds of conversations we we're having. So they were interesting conversations, and I uh, I and participants generally gen genuinely found that fascinating fascinating because you're learning about different people and their backgrounds in in a way that um you might not ordinarily because people felt safe safe enough to talk about themselves in that sort of context um but yeah we, we didn't really talk about race just a really quick interruption dealing with microaggressions the online training workshop is coming to you soon okay on uh the 22nd of February 1 to 3 p.m GMT right so it's designed so wherever you are in the world hopefully you can capture you can get you can be involved right what do we cover Uh, I'm covering uh, defining microaggressions Um, understand so people understand the different types of microaggressions that are out there I share plenty of examples so you will know exactly what they are you will also know what the impact of those are and how people how ethnic minorities cope with microaggressions Then, you know, the piece that people really want to know know about is how do you manage difficult conversations around microaggressions when they pop up because they can be quite fraught, quite scary. How do you deal with those either as the ethnic minority or the person on the, or or the white person, right? And, And how do you come back? How, you know, when microaggressions do pop up, what can you say in defense? What can you say to highlight or to educate? What do you do when it's said? Um, Do you just leave it, for instance, or we'll cover all of that in two hours? So, jump on to Eventbrite. There's a link around here somewhere. Um, And if not, go to the Strawberry Words website, strawberrywords.co.uk. Strawberrywords, W-O-R-D-S, W-O-R-D-S.co.uk. Now, back to the episode, right? Until... I started getting braver. I started to do a bit more reading and I started to learn a bit more about unconscious bias, but the phrase, we didn't use that term then. It wasn't unconscious bias. It was um, prejudgments, right? I started reading a book called Cultural Exploration by Gert Hofstede uh, or Hofsted. forgive me if I pronounce your name incorrectly, right? And a few other authors and I can't remember off the top of my head what their names are, but it's exploring culture. And so in that book they again they spoke about this idea that you know the way we're um brought up by our parents generally we begin we grow up thinking that's the right way and so when people do things a different way we're kind of judging them and sometimes we don't realize we're judging them okay and we bring our culture our cultural frames of reference so you know our cultural frame of reference is the way we see uh the world right we bring that around us and we judge people on on that basis or from that from that baseline right and so in a in a session with teachers it was in a primary school. Um, I wanted to explore this further because I thought, you know, we've been used to doing all the other sorts of games. Let's do something a bit bit more. I want to I really wanna get, I want everyone to understand that they prejudge right, that's what I really wanted to do. And so I had an exercise, a writing exercise, and it wasn't well thought through, I'm being very honest with that, it wasn't well thought through, although the, the intention was there, but it wasn't well thought through. I, I just started, to, um, the idea was to get these teachers to um, think about a group of people that they didn't like, right, who's gonna start, uh, no, I started with that. Think about a group of people you, didn't, you don't like, right? And and I wanted them to explore um, why they didn't like them first. And then the idea was that they're going to find some commonalities and similarities. And then the idea again would be that you'll see that we're all the same underneath. Yeah, as I said, it wasn't well thought through. And so I didn't get that far because one teacher said to me, well, there isn't anyone I don't like. I like everybody the same. And because I know what I know, because I know what I know, um, or I know what I'd read, Um, I I kind of pushed back And I said Well we do all You know Whether we we like to admit it or not We do all prejudge people And I I went into the explanation And she just would not have it Now had it been today I'd have been able to explain um, Unconscious bias I've been able I would have been able To run a few exercises To kind of prove we have Unconscious bias And even then I would say that uh, You don't have to believe me Because the idea is Never to push your um, You know Whatever it is You're teaching Onto that person But for them to explore and learn and discover, discover for themselves right I would then suggest that they go and take the implicit association test by Harvard University online for instance which is free of charge by the way everybody go take it um but I didn't have that knowledge and I didn't have that confidence and I didn't have the experience and so we're kind of stuck and we're in this position where she was getting very irate because Essentially what she was saying, what she would later go on to accuse me of, is accuse her of being racist. And that really was not the case. I just wanted everybody to just know that we all have unconscious bias. And then when we know we have unconscious bias, uh, then we can kind of be aware of that and work around it. That was my intention, didn't work out that way. So, you know, what happened, there was a whole back and forth between the council, between the school, between myself, um, you know, the, you know, in the end we all agreed to disagree but it terrified me it terrified me because i thought oh my gosh like i didn't even mention race <laughs> like i didn't even mention race and look where we are like you know your reputation is everything when you're when you're self-employed when you're running a business and i was i was scared that this could blow up and that will be the end of everything and i just thought and not even just that and i don't think and i didn't understand racial trauma at the time it but it scared me because i'd been trying to what i didn't also realize is that i've been trying to share my experience of being discriminated against of being on the other side of racism for so many years and and it went unheard And in fact, it caused a very defensive response of which I was not prepared for. And when you're when you're faced with that, who's um, as someone who's already facing um, the effects of racial trauma, that then further re-traumatizes you. So I, I didn't know I didn't have an outlet for that. I didn't really have people around me to talk about that because I didn't even know what I was really dealing with um and it's you know it's years later obviously i'm talking about it now because i know a lot more that i was able to process it and so uh yeah i did i stopped talking about race for actually about 10 years (laughs) i talk about diversity and cultural cultural awareness or whatever but about a good 10 years you would not catch you would not catch me saying anything or delivering any workshops around race and racism for that reason because i just thought that's terrifying and knowing that you know i wasn't in a position of power um you know i certainly didn't go back to work in that school again i wasn't invited to work back in that school again and you know anything could have happened basically and so really yeah i mean obviously things have changed you know and mainly that happened because you know that never leaves you this there's this unfairness of the system never leaves you and so you know i find myself asking questions when i was part of meetings like how come there's not more you know black and brown people in this room or how come they, you know we don't hear about this particular information you know all these sorts of questions were always being i was always asking them but i certainly wouldn't be teaching um or training around race and racism until again um 2020 um so that's it really um yeah and it was george floyd it was george floyd obviously that kind of got me back on on it again it's only because um <laughs> people started contacting us again um you know people would say rebecca remember you come in, you came and did that cultural awareness stuff could you come and deliver a session around anti-racism uh, uh unconscious bias microaggressions white privilege i'm like what 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 you want to talk about this stuff Wow! So it's when I realised people were listening again, and so, yeah, that brings me to the end of that tale, but I just, um, you know, what I want people to get from this is, it's, it's terrifying, it is absolutely terrifying to talk about race when people deny, or racism should I say, when people deny your experiences, it's like any form of abuse, because it isn't. A, it's racial abuse, right? Um, when you're trying to tell people that this is your experience and you're being told um, you're being denied you're being doubted you're being gaslighted you're being told that you're being oversensitive or you're being told that you're being divisive and you know you're the problem Um, yeah that's hard that's hard so yeah see you next time